Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I guess, um, to me, this had an eerie memory of an enemies list. Uh, these people were being singled out to have either their clearances revoked or in the process of being revoked. To me, smacks of Nixonian-type practices. I think the things that John Brennan has said over the past uh, several months about this country has been disgraceful. I do believe that all Americans really need to take stock of what is happening right now. I think I called him a butthead and I meant it. And that's okay with me because I like taking on voices like that. I've never respected him. I've never had a lot of respect. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. So I hope you all saw the story about Mueller's team and the Office of the Special Counsel and their foibles and secrets. They've been seen consuming stars they're just like us stuff like Shake Shack, Lifesavers, and orange-colored Starburst candy. Now, we have this on good authority from the New York Times, so I bet they didn't just choose the orange Starburst because I think only the pink ones get segregated in their own packs. But I digress. The article is mostly talking about Greg Andres, Andrew Weissman, and Uzo Asanye, the super friend of Avengers prosecuting the Manafort case. But while some of their habits are visible, they really do say, I can't say, when asked about what their Shake Shack order contains. In a world of logaria, these guys keep their own counsel, their own special counsel. Meanwhile, the great Aswan Subsong, who's been on Trumpcast before, has a story in the Daily Beast about how Trump in 2017 got into a fight with veterans of the Vietnam War, sharing his usual brilliant tactical insights on military strategy that he's gleaned from his Purple Heart time in the shit. Maybe, but probably not, watching the movie Apocalypse Now. So the fight was about whether Agent Orange was used in Apocalypse Now or in the war itself? Who can tell with Donald Trump? And of course, the veterans of the Vietnam War, let that sink in, patriots, wanted to ask about what was being done by the VA about Agent Orange, the real and dangerous herbicide, and that led Trump to a side ambient grandpa ramble about whether Agent Orange was the stuff used in the movie, meaning the opening sequence with the helicopters and... uh, It was really fucking weird, said one of the vets who was present. I love the smell of 2017 Trump Ambien memory lane Agent Orange in the morning. Joining me on the show today will be the journalist, Mattathias Schwartz. We're going to talk about the administration stripping former CIA director John Brennan of his clearance, what's going on with Brennan, who's slipped out from the intelligence community shadows into the world of Twitter sparring, and about what Brennan left behind in Trump's hands. That's coming up, but first, just what is an NDA? As it turns out this week, the White House realized the need to clarify it to their employees. Hey, Brian, have a seat. Thanks so much for coming in today. Mm-hmm. Uh, due to Omarosa's departure and the uh, mess we're sort of dealing with in the media right now, I'm just meeting with everybody here at the White House to go over their NDA and to sort of clarify any questions you might have about that. Oh, so okay. I would love to start just by 
asking you quite simply, do you know what an NDA is? Yeah, NDA. That's the thing we signed when we first started that's here. Right. That means that we have to sort of talk about everything, especially Whoa. after we leave. Nope. Okay, you got the first part right. You did sign it. Yeah. But then after that, we're a little off the rails. So let me just ask you this. What do you think NDA stands for? Oh, yeah. I think everyone knows that. Yeah, NDA. Now, disclose all of it. Now disclose okay, all well, that, of it. First of all, Brian, that's five words. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Okay. All of that is wrong. I'll admit it that. actually stands for non-disclosure agreement. Oh, yeah. I've signed those before. You're talking about mom disclosure agreements? Where I have to tell my mom everything? No, non. No problem. N. I already do that. With an N. Every night I call an it. An N, Brian. Oh, with a what? An N. Oh, an N. Yeah. Oh, yeah. non. Yeah. Oh, like the bread. No. Still you know wrong. What? I'll disclose it right away. I eat bread every day. Okay. I eat naan with my hummus. Mm. It just simply means things that might be sensitive or have priority as information that should stay here within the confines of the White House within this administration mm-hmm. shouldn't be shared out in the public. Ah, it shouldn't. protects all of us. Ah, I gotcha. Shouldn't, but will. No, no, no. No, it won't. Wouldn't. No. Shouldn't or wouldn't? Well, both, ideally. Oh, both. Right? Because it shouldn't, it definitely wouldn't. And there are people that have not been following this to the to the letter, and I I agree there's some confusion here. So I just wanted to ask you, do you, do you see that? Do you see your signature right there? Yeah. Brian. Yeah. And then I, then I, I just do the first name because mm-hmm. I'm the only Brian here. Okay. So I think I, I, think, I, think I get it. So you just, I, I shouldn't non-disclose things. That's great. That oh. just means, so... The, I'll just disclose them. What do you, okay. If I shouldn't non-disclose them, that means I should disclose them, yeah? No, we're just going to stay with this single negative. A single negative. Yeah, I don't huh? think Develop you need to go. Develop that to a photograph. Photograph says, do it. <laughs> Brian, who hired you? <laughs> oh, I don't work here. Our sketch today was improvised by Kate James and Asher Perlman. Now disclose it to Michael Wolf. That's what it means. No, 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 no. All right. What do you think? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining me on the line is Mattathias Schwartz, who's written for The New Yorker and The Intercept. He's joining me on the line now to discuss John Brennan. He wrote a profile of Brennan earlier this summer for The New York Times magazine, Matt. Thank you for coming on Trumpcast. 
Oh, thanks for having me, Virginia. I'm glad to be here. I think we've mixed it up in old blogs and maybe on a social media platform, but I have we ever met in person? Let's consider this meeting in person. I don't think person. so. <laughs> come, come close. Someday, someday I hope. Yeah. I hope so, too. All right. So um, John Brennan, who was the director of the CIA from 2013 to 2017, just had his security clearance revoked by the president. That's Donald Trump. Um, we learned that on Wednesday. You know better than anyone else I know who is John Brennan, and maybe you can tell us. Yes. So John Brennan, is a he's, he's first and foremost a CIA lifer. He joined the agency, I think, um, right after he got his undergraduate degree or in the middle of getting his graduate degree. He was the station chief in Saudi Arabia during the 1980s. Uh, he worked under George Tenet, who was the CIA director under George W. Bush and under Bill Clinton, I think, for a minute before that. You know, so he's served in the CIA for many, many, many years. Then he left uh, shortly after the 9-11 attacks and the beginning of the Iraq War and then came back in uh, under Obama. First, he worked in the Obama White House, and then he moved to be CIA director in, in 2013, which I think is a, a sort of job that he's wanted his whole life mm-hmm. and um, was kind of the summit of his career. He's still in his like early 60s, so he still has you know a long career in public life ahead of him. And now he's since Obama has left, he's been very outspoken about the Trump administration and one of Trump's most vocal critics. Um, Obama has been pretty quiet, and so Brennan has sort of thrust himself into the lane of the vituperative, uh, I don't know what you'd call him, nemesis of the president, and really going toe to toe with him on Twitter. And also, you know, I think there's a big debate about whether he's you know speaking from the political center or not. He claims that he is, and the president is constantly trying to cast him as, as a partisan who's, who's whipping up Russia stuff um, out, of, out of nothing. Unlike maybe other guests on the show, you don't think that's entirely wrong, um, that he's a partisan, at least. You know, uh, we, none of us know exactly how much he might be whipping Russia stuff out of nothing, but I know that you... In the piece, at yeah, least. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of, it, it's almost like an academic question. I mean, the one thing that Brennan has done that distinguishes him from James Clapper and Mike Hayden and some other intelligence community people who criticize the president is Brennan is pretty actively engaged in what I guess you would have to call innuendo. Mm. He, he's pretty much said, like, if, if you knew what I knew about the president, you all eventually will. You would know that, 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 that there's some really bad stuff about Trump's connection to Russia. Um, and so that, you know, and, and then people have asked him directly, is he alluding to classified information that he, you know, looked at as CIA director during the run up to the election? And then he said, well, I, I, you know, I don't want to say either way. Um, so that kind of has left the question open. And that's something that we haven't seen anyone else do is sort of use or use the possibility that they saw information that the public can't see to strengthen their argument that there is some there there with the with the Russia stuff. So he, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone a little bit further. But um, he I mean, Donald Trump makes him very angry. He really does not like Donald Trump. Uh, and I think Trump's defects of character have at times caused Brennan to sort of adopt almost an ends justify the means type of mm. posture in terms of how far he's willing to go. Yeah, I mean, I am glad you said indu- innuendo, because I think there's a style question here um, that is especially interesting and that distinguishes him from James Clapper, who was recently on the show, that spy work and especially CIA director is a very quiet stealth position. And it just, it seems strange to me that he would get into very, very quickly 
You know, if I was like his mother or his agent, I would be like, just ease into the Twitter disco, you know, like before you put on your dancing shoes and start talking like Louise Mensch on Twitter, you might just like take a breath. Um, well, he hasn't, he has, I wouldn't compare him to Louise Mensch because he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't said anything that, that isn't true. Got you it. Know? And he hasn't said anything specific and he hasn't also repeated or retweeted anything from sources that have turned out to be false. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't think I wouldn't, I'd, I'd, I'd be careful about lumping him in with Mensch. I think there is sort of, you know, definitely his tone is really, really hot. He's clearly angry uh, at Trump and it's clearly him when he calls like Trump's government, a caucusocracy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, there has been like a, a certain amount of responsibility and restraint to what he's doing. And um, no one really knows what the rules are now yeah. you know, with, with this stuff. I mean, Trump's kind of thrown out the window. The other thing to remember is that Brennan did have this job between 2009 and 2012, where he was the White House counterterrorism and homeland security czar and held the rank of assistant to the president. And, 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 and part of that job is he did go into the you know press room from time to time when there was a big announcement, um, such as after the killing of Osama bin Laden, or after the, um, the the 2009 underwear bombing attack mm-hmm. and gave the press the first account of the breaking situation. So it's not, he, he perhaps more than CIA directors before him, you know, does have some experience like wading in to like more of a, slightly more of a PR role. Um, not that he was super skillful at it. I don't think anyone would say that he was, is good at, at, at bending the presses, say, you know, Donald Rumsfeld, hmm, but he, mm-hmm. he's not like a total, a total novice either. But, I mean, those are those are definitely all good points. And just because who wants to wait into Louise Mensch territory, I'm certainly not comparing them as um, kind of theorists and, and spies. I meant only that there's this particular Twitter style of I know something you don't. I have special privileged access to intelligence sources you don't. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's sort of risky, I think, democratically speaking. I mean, the whole idea of classified information, and national security, that people in power should be making judgments based on information that you can't see. Um, it, it, it's very, very dicey. Um, and obviously, I think it's necessary in certain cases, but I think the degree to which stuff is classified and to which people have clearances, it's, it's a self-licking ice cream cone and it's far outstripped any, any utility and, and, and it's pretty, you know, it's pretty dangerous. Um, um, and oh, yeah, no, please go ahead. Oh, it's just going to say one of the other one of the other sort of themes that's emerged on Trumpcast is that there are, you know, that the Trump end game, knock on wood, is being played out in two in t- sort of two idioms, one of them being Mueller, very recessive, speaking only in indictments, you know, and we just have can only guess what he's doing. And then, you know, the Michael Avenatti's and uh, Rudolph Giuliani's who are, you know, in this like Carnival Barker role on cable news, who are, and they're doing some, two very different things, and they might have uses, um, you know, because w- Trump engages so much in that second category with the Avenatti's and stuff that um, that may be where the game is played. And, you're, you're, and, and I think maybe what you're getting at is that Brendan is sort of straddles these two yes. worlds to some degree. Yes. And yeah, no, and that and that's true. And um, I knew, you know, when I was working on his profile of him, there are people who are pretty close to him who who are you know friends with him and colleagues who d- disagree pretty strongly with the approach that he's taken. And who feel that it isn't his place to be speaking up so loudly, um, and so he's not just getting, you know, backslaps and 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 you know roses for doing this. He's also getting, I think, a, a fair amount of flack. But I think some of those people who have been critical of him, both in public and in private, did sign this letter 
yesterday and today saying that even if you disagree with what Brennan's saying or if you disagree with the tone he's taken, you know, it's still not right for Trump to go and, and strip him of his security clearance for, for, for First Amendment reasons. Um, what? So, you know, he's been in and out of different roles in intelligence. And I don't think I understood exactly how national security clearances work. Um, I didn't realize that you have them after you're retired. I mean, as you know, we always hear like once FSB or KGB, always KGB. Is this the same with CIA? I mean, maybe it's a naive question, but during all these different jobs and ins and outs, has how long has he had the national security clearance that's just been revoked? Uh, I think it would have been uh, at least since he joined uh, the agency, you know, in his in his 20s. Um, so, yeah, after people retire, they're debriefed. And so they lose access to classified information, but they're still eligible to receive access. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what, what Trump is trying to strip Brennan of. Mm-hmm. Um, so this eligibility means that you don't have to go through this, like, you know, two or three year process if they're called in to serve on a commission. Or if um, a sitting director wants to reach out to them for advice on a particular issue in which they have expertise or for any other number of reasons that they might, uh, someone might want to read them into something, they can do that immediately rather than, than have to start the process up again. So that's, that's the idea. Now, I, at the same time, and, and Trump and Sarah Sanders have made this point, a lot of these former officials, you know, are getting, you know, they're getting paid a lot of money to go on TV and talk about what's going on in the world. They're getting paid a lot of money by corporations to consult. And it's like, you know, unclear what the firewalls are, if they, you know, what they might be learning in these like pro bono emeritus gigs, hmm. uh, you know, as, you know, as former senior officials and, and, and what they're getting paid to do in the private sector. So, I mean, I think there is like a lot of need for reform. I don't think the, the, the president personally picking his loudest political enemies and, 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 and stripping them of their clearances one by one is probably the best way to go about it. Hmm. Uh, but there are there are problems with the system, and, and Trump has sort of alluded to them in order to, to bolster his case that, that, that this was justified. Um, back to Brennan. I mean, just on Brennan for a second. He, um, he seems, he does not strike me in spite of what I think are are like some kind of powerful criticism and skepticism about him in your piece, he doesn't, he strikes me as a man on a mission. Like he's on the barricades right now. I mean, you point out he wouldn't even call Donald Trump the president after the election. Yeah, I think that, yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think he's very, very disturbed by, you know, what he has observed Trump do. I think he's also... I also take him in his word that he, I think he does know something that we don't about Donald Trump. I think there is some X. I think Brennan's being sincere about that. I mean, I think the question is more, is it as bad as Brennan thinks it is? Or is it, is it something that, that, that he's gotten stirred up about because so much else about Trump bothers him? Uh, and that's impossible, you know, to know until we, we see what it is. But I don't think he's just making this up or, or, or doing it as like a, 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 a kind of tactic or maneuver. I think there really is something that he's like desperate for people to know and that he has said repeatedly. And I think he said to me that people will know he feels people will find this out when Mueller's work is, is done. I mean, it's just it's just continues to be interesting to me that like, you know, the, the James Comey's of of the world, the Preparars, you know, the, the John Brennan's are, are like sounding very rad. You know, I mean, yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I didn't I take shots that I've never taken a shot at a president myself. And, you know, 
I've always been an avowed liberal Democrat. <laughs> like it just it's like I mean, people speech acts that you just can't believe are suddenly um, suddenly common among these guys. You know, that's like would have seemed undignified, insubordinate, whatever. And anyway, they're throwing in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think uh, a lot of people in government, uh, you know, worked with John Brennan and, you know, over over his long career. There are many of them, and, and, and some of them are at CIA. Some of them are in the White House, and these people think very highly of him still, some of them at least, and I know that for a fact. And it, it costs Donald Trump something to do this mm-hmm. um, in, in, internally. Uh, there's another, you know, he's talking talked about stripping the security clearance from Bruce Orr, although he, he hasn't done that yet, who works for the Department of Justice. Yeah. And I think that actually is even more worrisome in certain ways hmm. because. It's solely on the basis of, of things that Bruce Orr's spouse has done um, and that and he's also much less visible. And I think that has a real potential. I mean, that is in some ways not that the Brennan thing isn't very problematic, but the if, if Donald Trump were to strip Bruce Orr of his security clearance, that would be sending a signal to the entire civil service that not only are your own political activities open to scrutiny, but if, if your spouse does something the president doesn't like. Um, he could just decide tomorrow to render you unemployable, and mm. that is that 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 is even you know more more far more disturbing to me than than what what's happened to to Brennan, which again has 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 its serious problems too. Um. So what what do you think of just Brennan the man and also Brennan and Obama together, independent of its consequences for Trump? Uh. Well, he's very. I mean, he was great to. To interview, he you know answered the questions that I put to him and said said that nothing was off the table, and I think he gave me the best answers he could. He talked a lot about the drone program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very surprised at his sort of willingness to give the best answers he could mm-hmm. to some of the more like troubling aspects of of, of Obama's national security policy. Um, I actually give him a lot of credit to the degree to which he didn't just like close those lines of questioning down, which is what a lot of other Obama people will do. That sort of, it made the piece better and improved my opinion of him because he seemed to have some understanding that that these questions about the drone program, you know, deserve to be answered, even though there's a lot that he can't say about it. He he really did sort of try and give a window where he could. Which Um, is very different from Guantanamo, like what other people have said around the black sites, you know, just like the Gina Haspel equivocations and her... Um, confirmation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's definitely that's definitely true. He, you know, he holds the, the the CIA in really high regard. You can find these places in his record where it seems like he has bent the truth or has arguably lied. There's two or three places he really takes great umbrage to that mm. and sees himself as a as a honest guy and 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 that his word is very important to him. His reputation is very important to him. It really bothers him that um, anyone would suggest that he's said things that aren't true. Although, although when you look at the record, he's certainly, you know, there've been points where he said things that, that aren't accurate, but it's usually been because of institutional circumstances or historical circumstances have, have put him in, into various tight spots. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a complicated guy. Uh, and he was extraordinarily close to Obama. I think the presidency itself has gotten more and more powerful and that, and that Brennan played a role in that during Obama's eight years in terms of authorities to kill, authorities to keep things secret, authorities to make war, and, and not have people know about it. You know, Obama and the military never really got along. 
for various reasons, mostly because of, of, of Afghanistan and Obama's indecision about whether he wanted to be a war president or a peace president. Hmm. And this, I think, had a sort of downstream effect of, of greatly empowering the CIA, which gave Obama a way to like engage abroad and be hard on terrorists and kill people who were on a list that said they were connected to al-Qaeda without getting America you know, deeper and deeper into any kind of military engagement. So he was able to sort of broaden the war on terror, kill a lot of people, expand our presence overseas while drawing down troop levels, reducing the number of casualties, making good on this kind of campaign stance that he was like running against the Iraq war. And and, and I think the CIA and Brennan were, were able to help him sort of get get to that place where he wound up for, for better and for worse. Um, so last, what is Brennan's legacy and what what is Brennan's legacy in the, you know, with the current administration? You know, do you think there will be other distressed civil servants who worry this is going to happen to them? And then more than that, what about his his policy? Like, what about the initiatives that he worked on with Obama that um, does he worry that they're going to languish or I mean, there are still counterterrorism operations that presumably Brennan is psychically invested in that are that are just, you know, in turnaround while Trump fights his Twitter battles. Well, I th- yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of on autopilot and they've been growing. Brennan hasn't talked too much about them, but this is going to be a big part of his legacy as he was Obama's drone guy. He wrote the drone playbook. He instituted the drone rules. But, you know, he created a system in which civil servants, uh, often White House civil servants, you know, basically have the power of life and death over strangers thousands of miles away um, outside of war zones. Yeah. Uh, and then he tried to implement a system for making these decisions where there would be, I guess, some amount of consistency. But I think it's fair to say that there's no real oversight. And, you know, that's sort of a that's disturbing because it gives the, the president an awful lot of power. And it sort of depends on there being a good or, and wise president, um, which, you know, I happen to think those are characterizations that are broadly true of Obama. And, and, you know, do you really want someone like, you know, Donald Trump to have this kind of uh, unchecked power? Uh, I think Brennan perhaps inadvertently helped bring about a state of affairs where where he does. I mean, you know, the mention of drones on autopilot with a command structure itself on autopilot uh, is like is very terrifying. I mean, there's yeah, another and, and Brennan. And one thing that is true of Brennan, and it's not just something that is that is allies say or is the supporters of the last say on these drone strike questions he would he would say no a lot he was mm. not he was somewhere in the middle and there were you know constituencies at, at the pentagon and at, and, at, and at cia and the counterterrorism center who wanted to hit the button a lot more than than he would approve and you know the, the pentagon will call this micromanaging uh and obama got a lot of flack for it that it was that the process was too centralized and Trump has pushed those decisions down further in the hierarchy outside of the White House. So I think, you know, over the long term, we'll find out what's going on now. You know, you never know what's going on in real time. And Trump has even disobeyed an executive order to report on, you know, civilian casualties outside of war zones. But I think you're going to see those casualty figures go up. You're going to see more and more people dying because there's not the same amount of restraint that there was under Obama. But um, I think Obama and Brennan if if this is a bad thing, and I think it is, deserve, they deserve some of the blame uh, because they created the system where where the president has kind of has the last say, and if he wants to if he wants to step it up, he can step it up. Uh, and I think there could have been a way in which you you could have had a FISA court, you could have given Congress a greater role. There's a lot of different ways that you 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 could have baked 
the restraints in across more than one branch of government, but that's just not something that, that Obama and Brennan were able to do. Um, Matt, thank you so much for being here. I know you're on, you're out on the street. You're doing shoe leather, <laughs> and you're calling oh, in. No, I'm just visiting. I'm just visiting my friends. I'm not. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, there's nothing going on in, in, in Seattle. Just, just, just hanging out. Yeah, but they, no, no. I'm really happy to be here, though. It's nice to be able to do a little, little work while I'm on vacation. Yeah. Well, seriously, thank you, thank you for being here, and we'll have you back. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. No. Thank you, Virginia. And that's it for today's show. It's a little slow this month here on Trumpcast. Jacob is roaming the fields of Italy, probably making his own pasta by hand. Jamel is discovering the joys of fatherhood. But stick with us. We're going to keep updating this feed. And a good way to check in with us is by tweeting at RealTrumpCast. You can share the show with your friends and family on Twitter. So again, that's at RealTrumpCast on Twitter. Our show was produced today by Jason DeLeon, Kate James, and Asher Perlman performed today's sketch. And I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening to TrumpCast. Trumpcast.